Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of We Call It Soccer. I'm Caleb, here as always with Sasha, last name. Um, it's our end of year podcast, so you know what that means. We're getting wasted? I, I guess we are now. <laughs> I was going to say we're going to throw a metaphorical match on the shit year that this has been watched and walk coolly into the sunset as it explodes behind us. But um, we don't get wasted, too. <laughs> <laughs> as, as if uh, some of us haven't done that enough uh, on uh, 2020. I'm referring to myself. <laughs> you out, <laughs> um, we used to drink pretty re- regularly through the early years of we talked soccer slash two United fans. And... It's so much easier to podcast when you're sober. It's yeah. <laughs> and fun fact, I think we've said this before, but the first episode of We Taught Soccer when we like switched the name of it and like the style of the of the, of the show, we were drinking and we ended up not recording the first half of the podcast. So we had to go back after even more alcohol and try to remember how what we said in the first half and record it almost verbatim and <laughs> It was fun, but it was really hard to do. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's easy to get distracted and go on tangents. Exactly. I think I think the first half of that podcast was longer than we, the first time we re- recorded it, but we didn't record it, so it was definitely like uh, ten to fifteen minutes longer of just getting sidetracked. Oh, it was fun though. Uh, it was a lot of fun. That's when we could record in the same room. Man, remember that? Recorded in the same room? No, the, the before four times are becoming a, a faded memory. <laughs> they kind of are, <laughs> which is really sad. Um, this is going to be kind of a, a review podcast. There is some news to get to and the question from our Patreon slash our Patreon entered Slack. Our Slack that you enter through Patreon. Man, I don't need the drink, apparently. Um, <laughs> um, so we'll get through that there uh, real quick, the news, and then we'll go into our year in review, talking about soccer in review, just and just general life stuff. Um, but before we get to that, we just, we just want to thank you, the listener, um, for sticking with us throughout this year. Also, I'd like to thank our Patreons, our, our patrons, who are supporting us on Patreon, especially in this year that's been financially tough on so many of us. So thanks for supporting the podcast the way you do and it just really means a lot to us from the bottom of our hearts so yeah thank you um so sasha we guess we're going to the new year with a possible mls strike which is exciting yeah. <laughs> i mean it just fits with the theme of 2020 <laughs> like, uh... yeah yeah people so... say oh man thank god 2020 is over now we want to 2021 it'll be great and that's like that's not how this works. I, I'm so <laughs> Midnight, because I haven't seen it. Midnight yeah. isn't the giant reset button. It's still gonna suck. Uh, yeah, when when your car's odometer goes over from like nine million nine hundred ninety nine thousand to zero, it's not a new car all of a sudden. <laughs> it's still that old car, but worse. So like, I don't know what people think the reset button is. <laughs> and the same with the presidency. Like, when a new president does, comes in. All of America's problems aren't suddenly fixed. That president has to deal with it. Yeah. Them. It's not like all of a sudden on January 21st, like, oh, there's no more racism. Weird. 
Huh. Just this, yeah. just the past four years. Never before then, never yeah. and no longer since. Yeah. Since it's over. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, the dates are arbitrary. We're still going through a hard winter where coronavirus is rampant and vaccines aren't distributed as widely as they should be at this point. So. Yeah. And uh, we'll touch on that more when we start to talk about. Uh... Yeah. Uh, that being said, I look forward to getting into back into Allianz Field in October of next year, at probably the earliest. <laughs> yes, which will actually be the, will be the start of the MLS season because that's when the CBA <laughs> and the strike will be over. <laughs> Go on the European schedule, guys. Get ready for get ready for a Boxing Day match at Allianz. God, I can't wait. <laughs> I mean, that, if there's one excuse to get lit, it's Boxing Day outside. And outside. Oh, I'm just buy. I'm just gonna buy a black heart out of all their alcohol just to stay warm. Yeah. Oh, I found my uh, my brother-in-law is uh, is a Liverpool fan. Good man. He's from Liverpool. He, he's from oh, Liverpool. Cool. And so I, 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 one of the happy hours I had over Zoom was with him getting pretty lit. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But um, uh, just back to the. Uh, possible strike in a few well in less than a month possibly um so the cba they're on right now was renegotiated once already um it was agreed to before this previous season then renegotiated um bef- right before the mls is back tournament cup thing um and now mls has triggered a force majeure clause or force i don't know how to, how to pronounce it i'm not part of hashtag sure that was, that was uh, not part of hashtag legal twitter so don't at me <laughs> um basically they triggered the owners of the clubs in mls triggered a force majeure clause in the existing cba that is going to lead to a sudden negotiation of the cba in a nine-month span um if mls and the and the players association do not reach an agreement before january 28th of next year the CBA could be terminated and the players could go on strike. Um, reminder, training camp for MLS teams starts on January 21st, week before. And as, uh, and I'm forgetting his last name here, but Luke, he's a Michigan United fan and also a lawyer, so he knows his shit. Um, at Born With A Tale on Twitter, um, quote, long story, extremely short. The owners want to use COVID as an excuse for violating their collective bargaining agreement with the players, end quote. And that's just what this is. Um, some quotes from the Athletic article about this from Mark Anthony Kay um, of LAFC and, um, who was it, Daniel Lovitz? Yes, Daniel Lovitz of Nashville SC being very disappointed with the owners in MLS, um, showing that three negotiations in less than nine months really makes it hard to trust the owners um i recommend uh looking at that article on the athletic it was first reported by espn so there's an article on there on espn fc about it as well but not a good look for the mls owners yeah um and it's kind of no, what's the word? Cowardly or unethical? I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but that the owners would use COVID as an excuse. But it's what every you know group is doing mm-hmm. in in during this time. Uh, but nobody may has made a bigger sacrifice than the players. 
so to use it against them is a major slap in the face and we can say they'll you know they'll definitely say from a financial standpoint like oh we lost this we had to make these accommodations we had to do this covid tests cost this and like well that's fine but the players made a bigger sacrifice they had to take those covid tests and, they had to play in those uncertain and environments and some of them contracted it exactly. and the thing with yeah. like MLS is reported losing over a billion dollars due to uh loss of some of the games that would have been on TV and also not having uh, full stadiums full of fans. But to ask... to ask, they, Before the MLS Cup is back tournament, they asked t- players to take pay cuts. And that's hard to do when a lot of those players are, are making only five figures, which isn't a lot in sports today. When you have the owners of teams losing... Uh, made uh worth billions in the case of like robert Kraft of revolution um it's just kind of ridiculous that they would ask oh we're losing a little bit of money you guys should take a pay cut yeah it, it also concerning the people and, uh, and this angers everybody who's, who's gone through a hard trip the people who have made a profit during covid and one of those play- companies is disney orlando sports complex didn't lose any money espn did not lose any mm. money those things are all owned by Disney, and they just did just fine in COVID. Yeah, uh, and that's on that was on the back of the NBA and the MLS. Right, right, exactly. Um, yeah. it I think we made it pretty clear here, but we're on the side of the players of the players' association. If they do strike, we'll be fully behind them. Um, MLS has kind of a reputation of being kind of archaic in the world of soccer for the way players' rights are handled. Um, you know, free agency just be, is almost a thing now without any limits. But they had players to fight for that for a while. There was a strike, I think you were saying, recently, like this past decade already. Yeah, 2015. And yeah. to have two in less than in just over five years is, is does not reflect on this lead very well. And that kind of leads us to our first question from Mike D. Um, if you want to ask us questions, only $3 a month, you get access to our Slack channel, um, which is more hopping in during the loon season, but has been with uh, some Premier League stuff going on and different player movements we'll talk about soon in MLS. But only $3 a month, you get to join our conversations and also ask us questions that we have to answer, no matter how silly or dumb they are. Within reason. <laughs> um, from Mike D, does the lead um, fucking with the CBA impact teams' chances of landing players? And I think it does, because especially with uh, players who are already within MLS, um, trying to move from team to team, you don't really know what's going to happen. Do you up and move from, say, LAFC to Columbus when you don't know when your next paycheck is coming. And now that's kind of a, like Bradley Wright Phillips just did that, and he probably has enough money where that wouldn't be an issue. But if you're a senior minimum guy who's signing another minimum contract in Nashville where it's not cheap to live, do you... Do you take do you take that risk, knowing that a strike it could be on the horizon and you don't know when your next paycheck is going to come? Now, with teams with players 
international uh internationally from different countries coming into MLS um I don't think it matters that much those are usually bigger signings these you have some financial weight behind them um but again with the start of the lead in doubt I think you're going to see players even from outside of the US maybe hesitant to join join a team in the league that doesn't know when to start date is going to be or when there's going to be training camp or games or practice because it's just kind of all up in the air at this moment and it's pretty much the owner's fault. Yeah, exactly. I think it's it's fine. Like, you touched on it exactly. If you're a DP in your team that can splash for DPs, those players are, are not going to be worried. It's everybody else who makes up the mm-hmm. majority of MLS that have to be worried. Yeah, if you're, if you're, um, Ethan Finley, if, Ethan Finley, you're a TAM player. You probably you have a long career. You're probably fine. But say you're a Sonny Dotson who's still on a rookie contract. Or you're a Chase Gaspar still on a, a rookie contract. You don't. I mean, I'm not saying that they are are moving elsewhere, but if they had that option to at this moment, would they take that risk? I don't know. And then again, if you're you know, Yandre Deuce and Emmanuel Reynoso, you're a DP player. You're probably fine with the money you've been making this past couple se- these past couple seasons. Yeah, I, I, it's it's hard to see how this doesn't affect player acquisition and just players' mentalities going into training camp that first week. Because they do call training camp that week, week before the deadline. Are people, are teams, are players going to even report to training camp? We don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike D has a second question here, which I think... I can answer very quickly. The question is, why have the loons been so quiet? Um, that's just how they roll. <laughs> They've never been ones to do things very quickly or rashly. Um, well, since their inaugural season, I guess you did argue. Um, but kind of when they had to build the entire roster, though. Um, you know, these signings are either are going to be well thought out. They're going to be well, the players going to be are well studied and researched and, and scouted. Um, you, I don't think you'll see anything until the new year for sure. Obviously we're recording this on the 30th. So if you hear like three signings tomorrow, that's just the, that's just the two United fans uh, curse right there. Yeah. <laughs> After we record. Nope. They just did everything. Cool. 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 They said, yep. they signed, Harris, Haston, and Ozzy all back. And they're, back. They, they signed like three different players. I'm like, what? <laughs> These weren't even rumored when we recorded. And yeah. Yeah, yeah Boca Juniors just have a sale <laughs> on players. They decided just to throw them out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, in the year that it has been 2020, I think it's a blessing in disguise. No news is good news. And that you're right. That is how we always have been. And I think COVID probably even delays the signings once more because the season was delayed. Um, we usually didn't sign anyone until at least a month or so after the season ended. And the just ended back, what, was it late November, early December? Like, some just some patience with how the team has been doing 
signings recently and kind of their methodology. And also scouting abroad now is extremely difficult to do. So you're going to see a lot more tie between signings, I think, for the Loons especially, a team that has been so methodical in their signings and slow going. Um, uh, rest assured, yeah, go ahead. Rest assured, Michael, you will hear about signings before the start of the season in October. Yes, again, so. October when we're at our first home match um, against, I don't know, the mutated Red Bulls who have a, a fourth strain of COVID that mutated their feet so they have like seven toes now and they didn't hit the ball even harder. Um, we'll be going to that game oh, and watching. What? It it should happen. <laughs> yeah, but don't 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 put that out there. That's more special boots. Twenty will absorb it. <laughs> oh, this is like that rumor that came up that the the Mexican goalkeeper had to have had six fingers, had to have special <laughs> gloves designed by Nike, I think. <laughs> oh, anyway. Yeah, um, we do have some player movements within MLS. Nothing. Well, a couple of big ones have not been like. I just haven't really been announced by, by clubs yet, but are rumored to happen. Uh, first is Mark McKenzie from Philadelphia Union to uh, Genk in Belgium. Second one that is huge is uh, Brian Reynolds to Juventus and then loan to Tagliari. Um, again, no confirmations yet. Uh, Tom Bodert on Twitter has also reported that Club Bruges in Belgium reportedly agreed to terms with Dallas, but not with uh, Reynolds. Um it's looking likely that these moves are going to happen. Nothing concrete, though. Huge uh, U.S. men's national team implications for both these players, though, uh, moving to Europe to get better development and better coaching and also a, uh, a match, match experience at a higher level, which will help the development, hopefully, and lead to us winning the World Cup and was it... 2026 yeah all right yep. yeah let's win that one <laughs> uh as mentioned before bwp from lafc to columbus crew on a free transfer good pick up for them um this way he doesn't have to be the number one guy up front that's that's still his artist like he was asked to be at lafc and he, he had some success there but i mean not not a ton um, Kyle Beckerman finally retires. I I really don't like when we played against Salt Lake because I just thought he was the dirtiest fucking player. Yeah, he is. He is a but he has been in the league for oh nine years, a long oh, time. He's been here oh, for like a long time, almost like yeah, like nineteen years. Yeah. Um, yeah. It. I think. Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, after the year he had, he had at times, like, you know, he flipped out on the ref and got a red card. He got multiple red cards this year. I think it was time for him <laughs> to go. Uh, I think he knew that, too. He probably thought to himself, like, well, I stuck, I stayed around one year too late or too long. And uh, now with, it's the best time to get out, especially with this with this possible strike looming. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think you went into it with, like, the whole uh, Danny Glover from uh, Lethal Weapon. Uh, I'm too I'm too oh, yeah, old for this yeah. shit. Just send me off. I don't care. Yeah, he started <laughs> he started his career in 2000 with the Miami Fusion. Um, 
Oh, was that the? I don't. Wasn't the the inaugural season for MLS? But very close to being so. The Miami Fusion, who no, who no longer exists, went two years there, then six years with Colorado, and then the rest of his twenty years, so twelve more years with Real Salt Lake. Okay. So, oh yeah. So he was he was part of that the good RSL yeah. squad from two thousand nine mm-hmm. to two thousand thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I guess rest in peace, Kyle Beckman and your horrible, horrible dreads, which haven't been gone for a couple of years, but still, you said just, yeah, a, yeah but he went from dreads just to a, a weird look so all like, around, yeah. um, yeah. in a true MLS fashion or the hashtag only an MLS, uh, Houston Dynamo take Joe Corona from Austin in the waiver draft, waiver reentry draft, um, Austin had just taken Joe Corona in the expansion drafts like a week before. Um, so just, I, I don't know if it's trolling or just, or a good pickup at this point. They just do it for the lulls, you think? Or <laughs> I, I, I think it's kind of a good pickup because they picked up Fafa Picot, you know, earlier. Yeah. Uh, so they, they, Houston just has a good eye for players they should grab. And the lulls just happen to come with it. Yeah. That uh, Austin Houston, uh, Rivalry game is going to be sick whenever Heineken, <laughs> Heineken rivalry, rivalry rivalry week starts up again in like December of next year. Um, um, but oh, I'm I'm wondering if, if Austin is going to end up being the kid who's like or becoming the, the the team that's the kid in the basement between the three Texas teams. Like the true rivalry is Houston, Houston and Dallas, and then Austin is just like okay, we acknowledge you when you when you're we're playing. Yeah. I think Austin's gonna take a lot of shit this year just because it's how they how they were formed. Excuse me, sorry, and how like what how, the, well, who their owner is and how he got his team. There's gonna be a lot of hate to, for Austin, and I am fucking here for it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Fortune Fire. I mean, that's how the Sounders they got a lot of hate, and Austin will get it as well. Any team that has Matthew McConaughey, yeah, in, in the ownership, is good. Like you know, shit's gonna start oh, coming so dumb. past. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no Minnesota signings yet. Uh, Will Trap still expected to sign, though that rumor has not gone away, or has been. He hasn't signed anywhere else. Um, they did uh, retain Louis Amaria's rights in one of the reentry drafts. There's two, I think it was the second one. Um, r- reports are they're trying to work out another loan deal instead of buying him outright, like um, his parent club wants. Um, other Minnesota news: Dane St. Clair called up the men's national team for Canada, which is I think well deserved. He, uh, by some metric, I th- I don't remember who I think it was Colin Silver tweeted this out that there was a metric for like best goalkeeper. I didn't read with stats they were judging by, but he was fifth on that list. I think he, he tweeted out during the LAFC uh, T-Dress game while making fun of Kenneth Vermeer, who was like 30th on that list or 25th on that list. Um, but yeah, I think this these uh, the, in the playoffs and the tail end of the season, we saw the blossoming of Canada's new number one. He's a he's a make or break year for Canadian goalkeepers. Dane got his year made, and he deserves all the praise. He deserves the call up. Thomas Lazal had a break year. I mean, he he performed well, but he also 
destroyed his body. Hey, so we just had some technical difficulties. Um, enemy of the podcast, CenturyLink, tried to turn off uh, Sasha's internet and then end our Zoom call, but we will prevail. We will take down the evil company that is CenturyLink. Yeah, we are pirate podcast radio. Two United Pirates now. Just start talking about Pittsburgh baseball. Is that what we have to do now? Or yeah, isn't there like there's got to be some European team with like a pirate symbol? Oh, Sheffield United. Well, actually, there's a South African team called the Orlando Pirates. Oh yeah. So we can be their podcast now. I think their rivals are the Chiefs, but I don't remember their like city that they're in. Actually, have a couple of friends that live in South Africa because they I worked with them at summer camp. Yeah, and I don't remember what, what his team was. He did like Arsenal. Okay, I do know that. That's good. No, it's not. <laughs> um, we were talking about uh, the Canadians men's national team and Dane Saint Clair. Um, if that was cut off, I apologize, but he he made it. Yeah, he's the future number one. Fuck Thomas Assault. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, don't, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Um, let's move on to Tidris and LAFC. Tidris are CONCACAF champions for the first time in their history, uh, beating LAFC 2-1 in the final, um, which means, Sasha, that Minnesota United still has a chance of being the first ever MLS team to win the Champions League in this iteration. Yeah. I would take that title. Hell yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. I don't understand all these people who are like, oh, you got to cheer for LAFC. Like, are you an LAFC fan? No, I'm an MLS fan. You don't, you don't need to cheer for them. No. no, cheer for your team when you're when you're there. But don't cheer for like. Yeah. There's a whole thing where like when Montreal was in it, like, oh yeah, cheer for Montreal. I was like, nah, fuck that. Yeah. You can always cheer for Club America when they're playing Atlanta United. You can always you cheer for any team that's playing against Atlanta United, actually, MLS or Concacaf. Yeah. Yeah. Just cheer for chaos. It's Concacaf. <laughs> it's gonna happen, and it did happen. Um. <laughs> Tidris uh, didn't really play that well for 70 minutes and were down one nothing. Got a goal off equalizer, equalizer on a corner, and then the, their best player, probably the best player in any league on this continent, uh, Andre-Pierre Gignac, just stored the game winner. And it, it, it was at, they were they were was clicking for 15 minutes and they won that game. It's nuts. I mean that's but, football. That's happened. I mean, Sounders only had to click for twenty minutes, and oh, sorry, too why, soon. Why, too soon. <laughs> why would you bring that up? I had just forgotten about it. <laughs> I, I, anyway, okay, we'll go on. Yeah, I just want to move on, man. Come on, just let, just let me move on. Let me heal from this. <laughs> Do you need some of this bourbon? I, I poured myself in our outage. The real reason for Central. Oh, I did not. <laughs> I did not take advantage of that at all. <laughs> God damn it. I really sh- uh... mm. oh, If only. First first podcast of the year, I'll be sloshed on bourbon. Um, some quick NWSL news. Um, huge uh, trade here. Uh, Colorado, Colorado. God damn it. Maybe we do have bourbon. You'll never know. This is an audio medium. <laughs> Chicago Red Stars acquire Mallory Pugh. And Sarah Waldemore from Sky Blue for a three first round picks and 
three international slots over the next two seasons. Uh, Sarah Waldmore uh, recently got married and her husband lives in Chicago area and wanted to move back. Dan Blue acquiesced her of that. And I, Mallory Pugh moving there is just a huge move for, for Chicago. Um, I think I saw something on, online on Twitter that like Blue have like five... Like no, five or like, it was an, it was uh, it's Citrus. It was a lot. They have a lot of first round picks in the next two to three seasons. So, Sky Blue. I don't remember what time, what word I was trying to say there. Again, I could be drinking bourbon. You don't know. <laughs> Maybe you need to drink some bourbon. That's I should. <laughs> Maybe I did like level myself out. <laughs> It all hyped up yelling at CenturyLink, and now I just gotta like yeah. mellow a little bit. <laughs> I feel a little sad for Sky Blue on this on these moves because they worked so hard to rebuild their infrastructure and not be that the, the poor team, mm-hmm. and they did it so well in the tournament that I'm like, ugh. But you know, it, I, I hear you, but also at the same time, this is how you would rebuild. I feel like those moves they made past couple years were just kind of stop gaps that they're only. Really, fix the underlying issues from the team. So like getting those first round pitch in and using those pitch to bring in young promising players that can, they can develop at the club is going to be huge, I think. And then if they do develop, they can move on to either other clubs in NWSL or overseas. So I think that's um, a good move for both teams, really. Um, Shadow Stars right now, obviously, but Sky Blue in the future really kind of gives them more assets to either move on to the players or just draft some studs straight out of college. Um, I just want to move on to Europe real quick. Basically, England is a shit show, and two games in the past three days have been canceled due to COVID. Man City and Fulham have too many positive tests. Uh, Man City's game versus Everton was canceled. Tottenham's game versus Fulham was canceled. Uh, Josie Mourinho posted on his Instagram, which surprisingly is a pretty good follow. Like he's he's slowly becoming like the like an influencer <laughs> inst- uh, manager. He's like really funny and kind of sarcastic on that. But he posted a picture and the caption, um, game at 6 p.m. tonight. Uh, we still, not, still do not know if we are playing. Uh, best lead in the world, smiley face. Yeah. <laughs> like, just like tongue and cheat, like, kind of like Tom shoes, how this is actually doing. And they, the game was canceled. And I didn't, rightfully so, but the Premier League should have, should let teams know farther ahead of time. They should. They should be doing a lot of things they're not doing, and as of right now, they they do not plan to delay or cancel the season in any way, shape, or form. Um, a couple week break to do this lead a great service, but they really want to get done at the normal at the usual time in May, where they usually would finish their season, even though they started late, so they can start next season on time. And at this point, I. Maybe you shouldn't be so worried about that end date and just be more worried about the player's health. Yeah. Um, 
as an aside, I, this year has been transformative in that it made me like Jose. I used to hate him, especially I, partially because I, I, you know, fed into the media's portrayal of him, which I think is inaccurate. I, I actually I know it's inaccurate, and also because he was Chelsea's most successful manager within my lifetime. So for mm-hmm. those two reasons alone, I was able to hate him. And then, even though he is, you know, the 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 manager of my rival, watching the All or Nothing documentary was very revealing in that he. The media portrays him as a certain way, as like, like this soccer sociopath. He's actually like he's actually he, he's only sociopathic in his like tactical thing. He is very caring and he's like a genuine human being when it comes to caring about his team. And he is like you know he is, seems like a family man. Like the media portrays him as the yeah. sinister villain, but he really isn't. He's actually like, he had... a brilliant manager. I think part of that comes from his time at Manchester United, where. Um, if you look behind the scenes from that, he was staying in a hotel. He was away from his family who lived in London. Um, so, yeah, he's going to be in a bad mood because he, like you said, is a family person who loves being with his family. So, yeah, anyone who's at a team far away from their family and is living out of a hotel is not going to be the best person to work with. Um, but, yeah, again, Premier League... <laughs> Currently, does not plan to delay or cancel the season. A lot of EFL games have been delayed or canceled this year. It would add like ten minutes on our podcast to go through every single one out of the four top leagues that have been canceled in England. Uh, fans are no longer allowed in stadiums after the UK Titans are locked down. Um, at some point, the London teams and the uh, and Liverpool and Everton were allowed to have fans, but. Obviously, not anymore because that was a terrible idea to begin with. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Jurgen Klopp was probably like, "Well, it's fucking too late. I didn't want fans. Like, it, it, it's not against the fans, but like, Jurgen Klopp's a smart man. He knows people shouldn't be spreading the virus and having." You yeah, know. <laughs> and like, like the managers and the team want to have fans in. It's not like they're like, "We hate fans." It's like, but they we want to have fans. Them. Everyone wants to go back to normal, but we can't do that until everyone is safe. And people just don't understand in the UK and also here in our country. Because God damn it, God damn it, yeah, SKC God damn it. And, and Houston and oh. or Dallas, I should say, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Anyway, um, I guess we should. That kind of brings us to our year interview part of the podcast, where I asked you to to think of your two favorite memories of this year, one soccer related, one not. Um, and I guess this, this year has been weird. Um, just in life, in soccer, in this podcast, especially we went from recording in St. Paul in person to recording remotely to going from three people to not really knowing what we were doing when notch left to kind of thinking of this iteration and kind of crafting this show to be what Sasha and I wanted to be, which was just a fun conversation that you guys are listening in on. Well, you can hear, probably hear my wife laugh in the background. <laughs> I don't know what she's la- what she's watching, but it's she's not listening to us. We're not funny. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, if you told me on January first that I wouldn't go to any missing editor games and I would be editing po- editing podcasts i would be like what what the fuck is happening in this world and 
it's been extremely weird and trying and just kind of almost surreal to live this year and I don't know where I was going with this but we want to like when you're talking about the good stuff in this year we also talked about the stuff that isn't so good like we didn't build any Mercy United games yeah. and for good reason we I haven't I've seen my parents twice this year for good reason I've you know haven't seen a lot of my friends in person for good reason and if we want 2021 to be an actual reset button you have to stay indoors you have to stay wear a mask you have to get vaccinated as soon as you're able to otherwise it's next year this time we'll be saying the same exact thing in the same exact microphones on the same exact laptops miles away from miles away from each other because we still can't we, st- we still haven't been to any games we still haven't seen our parents as much as we wanted to we still haven't seen our friends as much as we wanted to so i implore you if you're a person who's like who thinks they're invincible who doesn't see the big deal in going out and hanging out with people in an enclosed space for a long period of time please do so because next year i want to be talking about how i got to see my friends for the first time in a long time at blackheart and we got so fucking drunk and we had the best food from the food carts outside alliance you know and yeah all those things and had a pizza at Blackheart too, and <laughs> and when the first goal went in for Minnesota United, how the stadium just erupted. I want that to be my favorite soccer memory of next year. Not we did all right and made the <laughs> made the I had to watch our team lose a heartbreaking game on TV because yeah. that happens a lot this year actually. Um, now that the bad stuff's out of the way, uh, Sasha, do you have any words for this fucking year? Yeah, I have some some good memories. Uh, I'll do the soccer one. A good memory. Okay. First. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mine was our playoff game against SKC. Watching it with Becca on TV and us, like oh, the first fifteen minutes being so scary, and then those three goals come up and fucking just I don't know. It was euphoria. <laughs> you know, it's a playoff I mean, game. It's against our Heineken rival. It's a way where we've never won at Child's Mercy Park, and we fucking we got it. You know. And it, you show those children no mercy, you yeah, know? Exactly. Yeah. We slaughtered <laughs> we slaughtered those children. But no, uh, Oh god. It, it felt so <laughs> it, I, it, that feeling of validation because we I knew we could beat Dallas and we did. I knew we could beat Colorado and we did. And I was like, we can beat SKC. It doesn't matter where they finish at the end of the year. We are the hot team right now. And we did. Like they had the rough game against San Jose. We had a clean game against Colorado. And yeah, it just it felt so good. Um the non-soccer happy related memory would be, I think, just looking, hanging out with, you know, because we didn't get to see many people. One of the few people I have been able to see consistently this year is my girlfriend. Um, because she's isolated Ooh. at home and she's had to go get COVID tests. Um, but before COVID all went off, was sitting with her in a you know sushi bar, drinking sake in Portland, just getting drunk. Nice. You know. So. <laughs> Very nice. Um, my favorite soccer memory of this year was Liverpool winning the lead, because it haven't ha- haven't hasn't happened in my lifetime. Um, when that when it finally did, I was just so 
relieved because there was a couple games there where we lost and drew and like it was going to happen once they started the season I mean there was a month or so there where I'm like where they talked about oh we should just cancel the season and not award anything I was like you motherfuckers please do not do that <laughs> we're so far ahead of everybody how dare you not do that but yeah uh, just watching Liverpool this last this past season was those games where it was like 2-1 at Burnley and those games that we would tie or lose in previous years that we found a way to win. It's just a joy to watch and then to watch how the players celebrated and by just getting shit-faced outside their stadium or their training grounds. It was just great. Um, probably my favorite non-Satter moment of the year. Um, during the summer... My, one of my friends lived in Uptown and he had this big backyard and we would have grill outs and I'd sit in a large circle and just eat grilled meats and bullshit and that was fun just to have some semblance of normalcy to just like sit in lawn chairs drink beer Actually enjoy the summer. just talk yeah. Yeah. enjoy the summer as much as we could obviously yeah. um yeah also, also seeing my parents. If, if my dad listens to this, I, I do have to say that. Seeing well, my parents. You're lucky you got to see dad. I didn't get to see him this year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I hope this time next year we're like, oh yeah, I've seen my parents like 20,000 times. It was crazy. <laughs> that, that'd be a lot. That'd be too many, actually. Yeah. That would How be way too many. <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm back. Um, um, we, do want, we do want to know what your favorite moments of this year were. Um. I know I was kind of sad and grumpy when I was talking about this year, but let's end this year on a positive note or as positive as possible, saying your favorite memories, either soccer related or not. Um, and just for the next, going to, into January, going into the new year, how we can, I guess, I don't know, make this next year better. And, the way I'm doing that is staying inside as much as possible and staying away from people. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't even know how to land this plane, but Sashi, yeah. <laughs> I will. I'll say, end the year on a high note, just like Arsenal did, getting six points out of two games that they needed, beating Chelsea, inner city rival, and Brighton. And uh, now you need to support them from afar by staying home, everybody in England and also yeah. America. I guess with that, we'll sign off for 2020. This year has sucked, but thank you for sticking with us throughout all the bullshit, I guess. Um, <laughs> um, 2020 sucks, yeah. but you guys rock. Exactly. Um, special shout out to our lead commissioner, the tier on Patreon. It's thanked at the end of every episode. So thanks, Eric Olson. Hope we get to see you 20,000 times next year. <laughs> um yeah i'm at uh real caleb fc also tweet from two united fans also post on instagram at two united fans sasha are you on any social medias at this point i am not and i'm not i will not be allowed back at twitter despite making alt accounts uh if you want to find me become a patron hit me up on on slack and you can talk to me <laughs> listen to my my crazy rants and my my theories uh tinfoil hat theories yeah, do that. Um, 
Special thanks to Tectonics for these other song Lustless as, as our theme music. Um, you can check them out on Facebook, YouTube, Bandcamp, I think SoundCloud. And special th- shout out to you guys for listening to this and listening to our slow descent into madness as this year has gone on. Or I guess sometimes fast descent into madness. <laughs> and with that, we'll be back next year at some point. I guess if there's any Minnesota news, we'll come back on for a podcast. Um, until then, we'll, I'll post some Patreon stuff to get you, get you guys a little taste. You know, a little taste and get you come back for the, for the real thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a classic drug dealing, I'm, I'm sure, I, I've heard from the movies. <laughs> so hopefully it works with our Patreon. Hopefully we're just as, as addictive as heroin. <laughs> and with that, we'll see you next year. 